A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis. I'm trying to do my intro a bit more like Paul Cabana. Actually, let me try this again. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast, coming to you live from the studio Red Murder Room. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen. I'm just going to do my intro regularly. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the intro for today's news. Uh, hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Have you uh, are you recovered now? I am good, but we do not have long to recover. Because as Wrestling MediaCon is now over, we can start promoting our next live show. More public appearances. Because Ollie is terrified of speaking in front of people, including dancing. And we're going to, yeah, we kind of got the bug. We had this already arranged. We are going to do a live show, a live WrestleRamble podcast recording at the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square, London. Yes, it's going to be on November, Tuesday the 13th, uh, 2018, at 8.30pm. We are going to be screening a 35mm print of Beyond the Mat, the famous late 90s documentary. The documentary that Vince McMahon did not want you to see. It's absolutely incredible because it's, it's like, that is the... WWE didn't know what they had given that documentary team access to Mm -hmm. and it's it's like what it's an old espn reporter or a journalist i can't remember his name who who sort of goes through it but he hangs out with uh terry funk's retirement tour yep mick foley mick foley jake the snake in in some tough years there yeah i mean that's a fascinating double build to do we talked about Mm. that because the guy that we are working on this at the prince charles with came up to wrestling media con which is about like what an amazing double build that would be you could get jake the snake at like arguably one of his lowest points in fact it might be his lowest point because that was also the same year as um heroes of wrestling with the you want to play 21 i've got 22 and all that sort of stuff you got that 
along with the res- res- uh, resurrection of Jake the Snake, that amazing documentary about like his rise back up and his entry into the WWE Hall of Fame, that as a double bill would be quite spectacular. Mm. But maybe that's a future thing. Right now, it's just beyond the mat. But that's more than enough. It's, it's a terrifically condensed 90-minute uh, like film. And it's yeah, it goes backstage with Mick Foley. There's this at the, mean, at the Royal Rumble 1999 in that match with The Rock when oh. he hit him so many times in the head, unprotected with a chair. Yeah, Oof. the I Quit match. The I Quit match. And yeah, it cuts to uh, Noel Foley and uh, Dewey, isn't it? The, yeah, uh, his son's name. They're very young in the crowd and they are just crying. Both working for WWE now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because Dewey's a writer. Dewey's right? a writer. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I believe it's, it's Dewey. Dewey. Not Dewey. Dewey. Yeah. Sounds in, like an offensive thing that I've just <laughs> yeah, said. No, yeah, Dewey, as in like one of the three Dewey. Uh, uh, nephews from sure. DuckTales. Uh, but yes, it's it's an absolutely amazing film and a, a look behind the scenes of that time. There's like like interviews with Vince McMahon around that time. Yep. And the process backstage. Like my favourite bits is, is it Christopher Daniels who gets a, yes. a tryout? And... Uh, like he, he has a tryout match and Steve Austin is just watching this tryout match backstage on a monitor and he gives some advice afterwards. And yep. Oh. And, and you've got the creation of a character that never really made it to TV called Puke. Oh my gosh. Which is Darren Drozdov's character that he was going to have because he can make himself throw up on command. <laughs> and you've got Vince McMahon in his office trying to get this lad to throw up in his office going, Puke, Puke, Puke. So if you've already seen it, which I imagine a large portion of our listener base would have done, like if you haven't seen it, definitely come along because yeah. it's a, an amazing film. If you haven't, if you have seen it, we're gonna be there and we're gonna try and make this a wrestle along. It's something we're so excited about. What does a wrestle along mean? We don't entirely know yet, but it's gonna like we're gonna try and bring the atmosphere of an independent wrestling show with chance and silly skits, and audience interaction, and drinking Yep. to a cinema screen. Exactly, so bring your chants, bring your signs, bring your good selves down to the Prince Charles Cinema. So that date again is uh, November 13th. That's a Tuesday night at half past eight in the evening. And it's the week of Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So it's everything's relevant. Mate, we don't know what... We, we might do a dance. We might bring back the dance. We were talking about, like possibly doing it again for the audience that couldn't make it to, to MediaCon, mm. that we'll do it there as well. Although I was thinking about this this morning, it's a much smaller stage. So we'll we would have to be a lot closer to We'd have to, to be a lot other. closer to each other. And we can't do segues. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. That, that is one we cannot... The, the, the aisles are too small. Absolutely, yeah. But um, we're really, really excited for this. If you have forgotten that date or you don't, or you can't be bothered to rewind, it's going to be on every podcast going forward now <laughs> because I'm going to record an advert for it that's going to go at the start of this podcast every week. Yeah. It's a it's a large cinema. We want to sell it out. Yes. Because like because so, we want to do more of these yeah. at the Prince Charles. And kind of like the, the relationship we got with them at the moment is very much like a... If this does well, we'll do more of them. But there's that, you know, there's almost that underlying tone of like, if it doesn't, then you lot are out the door, and we will never speak of this again. That this is a a pilot. Yeah, there's a pilot. The pilot to go. That is a good way to put it because like the Prince Charles have been so cool with us at the moment. They've been really, really awesome, and I'm so excited to do something with them. Because it's such a great, it's my favourite cinema in the world. Yes, and I love, and I'm so excited. They've been awesome about this, but we want this to be the best it possibly can. Yeah, it's our version of All In, uh, 
I guess. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 a little bit annoyed it didn't sell out in under thirty minutes. <laughs> but uh, I sold an extra. Can, I sold an extra uh, three tickets last night. How? With friends. Oh, that doesn't count. Of course, it counts. <laughs> uh, I was talking um, just to drop a name. We were talking about this to Botchamania's Matthew <laughs> yeah. uh, over the weekend yeah. at Wrestling Media Con, and he was like. You know, he was excited. He was like, oh, man, you could do this, you could do that, because he has an encyclopedic knowledge of everything pop culture. Mm-hmm. And he was coming up with some ideas. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's been announced, it's been shared around Twitter. He messaged me on Facebook this morning, all in caps, saying, I didn't know this was a real thing. I thought we were just spitballing ideas. Oh, my God. <laughs> nope, this is a real thing. Yes, we are going to so- do the very first ever wrestle along at the Prince Charles Cinema <laughs> of Beyond the Mat. I think that should be... That's a pretty good tagline. It's a real thing. <laughs> we're, actu- quote, we're actually doing this. Yeah, and it's going to be a live Ramble record as yes. well. So, we're, we're, the, so the Ramble record, because I know a lot of the people who are listening to the show aren't based in London. They're based elsewhere around, not just the country, but also around the world. So if you aren't going to make it, the, the episode itself will be available in the, the podcast feed. But you want to be there in person, though, don't you, if you can well. be? Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be signing stuff if you want us to, taking pictures if you want us to. Selling Faker merchandise. Door's going to be there. Yep, selling merchandise. Yeah, the Faker Door's going to be there. So all three of us are going to do a, a live wrestle ramble together. Um, subject to be determined because we haven't quite. It's it's you know it's Survivor like, Series week. There's going to be something. It's like the show we did with Cultaholic. We're just like, ah, oh, we'll work it out on the day though, won't we? We'll just have a quick chat and then we'll decide what we're going to do. Well, that was a very plug-heavy intro. Shall we get on with the main show? Well, let's go for it. We couldn't think of a better title. It's the Wrestle Ramble review edition of last night's SmackDown, the Go Home episode for Helena Cell, where one of the best feuds coming out of SummerSlam was Joe versus AJ for the WWE title, SmackDown's top championship belt. And it was going well. Joe was calling out AJ's family. AJ, on this episode, cut a pretty decent empty arena promo. I thought that was a good performance. And then Samoa Joe, the psychopathic killer, the guy who's been targeting Styles' family, read a bedtime story version of their feud with rotoscoped pictures over over the uh, the graphics and visuals from their matches so far. And it's not what I would have done. Is this worse than the letter? Hmm. <laughs> It's different. Mm-hmm. It's different from the letter. Yeah, it's different kinds of not good. So let's let's unpack this. Let's go to AJ first. Uh, AJ's in this empty arena, and this actually let's go let's backtrack even more. Okay, this is for the WWE Championship, SmackDown's top belt. It's between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, a feud that practically writes itself. And to their credit. WWE have added in this family dynamic that initially I nor you were fans of, but they've made it work and then some. I think the the lads themselves have made it work. Yes, particularly Joe. Particularly Joe. In the hands of others, this might not have worked. But this feels like 
a, a, a mid-card feud. Well, I mean, I said this in the SmackDown just in, review. Just in the terms of yeah. how it's been presented. I said in the SmackDown review, if you'd have done, if you'd essentially flipped the angles that you did, so if you'd have done AJ's promo and Joe reading the bedtime story on last week's show, and then on this week's show you did the big pull-apart brawl and everything like that, it would have been like, oh man, this is like really intense. We're building into, some, uh, into Hell in a Cell. And it might have made you forget about the promos that happened the week previous. But it didn't. It was the other way around. And I've, I've said this. From, it feels like this feud is constantly booked out of order. Like the, the letter in and of itself isn't terrible. But it was the go-home angle for SummerSlam. Had that happened at the start and you'd done a pull-apart brawl and on the go-home show, or that you know, when uh, Joe laid him out with the Kikina clutch, the first bit they did, if you'd have done that bit at the end, that would have felt like a gradual increase. Here, we kind of increase and then decrease and then increase again, but in the wrong places. And it just, it just feels like it's mad out of order. And that was the exact same criticism we had for Styles and Nakamura. Yeah. It felt like that feud was booked out of order. It's, uh, it is a shame because this should be one of the real big featured matches on the card. I think this and Lynch and Charlotte... There's a reason to put them in the cage mm-hmm. inside Hell in a Cell. And I know, like, that makes deep down me sick because this is actually only Lynch and Charlotte's first singles encounter of their storyline and it's only AJ and Joe's second. Yeah. So really, in the grand scheme of things, Hell in a Cell matches should be used right at the end. But comparatively, for the rest of the matches on SmackDown... They should be getting... If you're going to have a Hell in a Cell match, it should be one of those two, not Hardy and Jeff. And again, this we talked about this in the Raw review yesterday, but Super Showdown has really hampered mm. the the booking. And the same thing happened with Greatest Royal Rumble, where it was like, we need to get through some of these pay-per-views so we can get past Super Showdown, and then we can move on to another pay-per-view. Because cause they've already announced AJ and Joe for Super Showdown, which means after Hell in a Cell, we already know we're going to continue the build towards that. And they've announced it for SmackDown 1000, so we need to continue the build for that. You can't just sort of blow your load of pull-apart brawls and things like that. You have to kind of artificially stagger and stretch this out because you've got another month and a half to have this feud yet. And I think that's why you've ended up with it all feeling a bit out of order and, and things like Joe reading out a children's story or a bedtime story because they're sat in the writer's room going like, we've got another eight weeks of TV to write around this. What are we going to do? Pff, I don't know, a children's book? But it just uh, it feels like SmackDown is treating this feud, which is a good feud. We like the feud. We like the people involved. We like the motivation behind Joe and AJ. But it's it's never been treated with the seriousness it deserves. It's... Well, it is, a it is a mid-card feud. Yeah, it's Because like, on the pay-per-view, it will be in the mid-card. They're not getting main event angles. Absolutely not. They're not even getting proper in-ring th- stuff at the moment. This is all pre-recorded earlier in the day on the go-home show. And I think if AJ had done his promo in front of the live crowd, it would have gotten even better. But, like, because no one was reacting to the promo. And they, we saw that they were watching the promo on the screen in the arena, but no one was reacting to it. And why would you? He's not there. And, like, and no one reacted to Joe's either because it's on screen and you're not reacting to anything that's on screen. Yeah, it's like, oh, one of the top stuff, the, the champion on SmackDown, oh, he's not here for the, the show. For the go-home show. Yeah, maybe he's here in the dark, the dark match. match. Uh, but we've got to get through 205 Live to get to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll just sit on my hands. So that was the first part of this 
go-home angle, and it was AJ Styles doing an empty arena promo, Mm -hmm. and he talked about how they've been friends for 20 years. And that kind of bugs me that like WWE is never very consistent on what exists outside of WWE. Mm-hmm. But fine, that's that that was a nice little wrinkle. And then say, hey, Joe's got a family, but I'd never go after Joe's family. I have integrity. Mm. Uh, but Joe's gone after mine, but I'm the best wrestler. And this arena, and this, this, I, re- I really did like AJ's performance here. And when he goes, this arena, pointing to this empty arena, which is why I thought it worked in the empty arena format. Seems serious, even if the crowd didn't really react for it. Is this is the house AJ Styles built, and it's not for rent, it's not for sale. Yeah, yeah, and it's great, but it's not a go home promo. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's kind of where my my issues with this lies. This didn't feel like, man, I can't wait to see that that match now at Hell in a Cell, which I did have last week. That like after that angle last week, I was like, damn, I'm really looking forward to that now. But now I'm like, mm. I mean, it's going to be mid card. I've been told that I don't really need to care about it, I suppose. And AJ's feuds since winning the belt have never really felt like the main event of SmackDown. Mm. Like It's always felt like there is something bigger than AJ Styles and the WWE Championship. And, and it, in particular, at the moment, it's the, it's Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Why Jay Nakamura was pushed at the top, it was just that I don't was. Know if it was. Well, what was in? What was I'm in trying to think it? what was in place of it, but it never felt like. I, perhaps this is just me, but it never felt like that was the most important thing on that show. Maybe it's because that's when dual branded pay per views came back all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're not main eventing pay per views. It was uh, Roman and Joe main evented over that last was it the last man standing match between Nakamura and AJ Backlash yeah, yeah. best of both worlds <laughs> that gives me Vietnam flashbacks now <laughs> to our dance routine that was the opening song this is gonna be phenomenal <laughs> still get stuck in my head that yeah. little mix we've got my lady partner keeps singing real man's man <laughs> around the house she's like I hate you I hate you for doing this to me but uh, later on in the show was was the Night Night promo by Samoa Joe. Yeah. And this was, again, not Joe in the flesh. It was a pre-recorded thing and quite a hokey pre-recorded thing. I wouldn't mind this if this was the video package before the match. Mm-hmm. I, I, it wouldn't be my first way to present this feud, but I didn't. Like, as an actual video package, that's fine. But... As, an, as, as what's essentially an interview, a promo rather than a, a recap video package, I thought I thought this was this was hokey, and it's Joe sitting down. He's got he's got a prop book that he's clearly made himself. Yes, that that says Night Night AJ by Samoa Joe. There's yeah. even a bit on the back, like a whole book <laughs> with pages with the words that he's reading and pictures which become animated rotoscoped clips from their feud and it's just like but joe was the cool one so like if you just want me to explain this in my own head he's made this prop book he's been talking with the production team to make these transitions this isn't cool joe this is stupid joe and and i mentioned this in the review but it's exactly the same build and you road dog you can tell that he is the lead on this because a lot of the stuff that he does on smackdown feels like stuff that he remembers from back in the day and he's like oh we did this thing back in the day and i remember really liking it so we should do something similar to that and this is shane mcmahon and big shows build to backlash 01 
when Shane read out Shane and the Beanstalk with where the big show was the giant in the story and it was and it was a rhyming thing is and it was exactly the same as this only this was meant to be played seriously and that one was played as a joke and we were all meant to be laughing at the big show and laughing with Shane McMahon here though you're meant to be like oh Joe's scary because there's some creepy music in the background yeah I I, I really thought it was uh lame it, it, it was it was it was really quite lame and it's it wasn't the lamest thing on this show it's made me not as excited for them having a match and i was excited last week like you said that pull apart brawl where aj oh his rage has gotten the better of him that's such a simple story joe is a master manipulator and he's dangerously psychotic and he's manipulating aj who is very prone to getting emotional Boom, that's a story. Yeah. And and you, you've got the, the family, Joe using the family to bring that in. Why are we having a bedtime story? This happened. With in- a gimmick book. <laughs> Why is the prop? I want to destroy that book. This ha- That will be in the uh, WWE archives now, in their big warehouse of stuff. It's got all the WCW stuff they've never used. I'm going to do a Seth Rollins 2K video game commercial and go burn all that crap down. Um... Yeah, there was a build, there was a moment in the build to SummerSlam when this happened. And again, this is why I feel like this whole thing's been built out of us, like Mad Libs. But like they have said, they were like, so Joe like choked out AJ and then he cut a promo. And then the next week AJ came out and was like, you have made me like lose my temper and act out, like, out, act out of character. And I've gone, has he? Because I've not seen any of that. But now we have seen some of that again, feels out of order. But then he just sat down and he just cut this promo where he was like, it doesn't seem like I'm, I'd lose my temper occasionally, but I'm going to cut a very measured promo on you now. You know when Road Dog says, well, that's not the story we've been telling. That's the story you've wanted to hear. So, because you're bad at telling <laughs> stories. Because it's out of order. It's vague. Some people allude to motivations that you've never shown us that have any reason for. Show, don't tell. Yes. So uh, it's the first rule of storytelling, at how, least in film. So, the one, one plus point... The last page of this book that Joe has read to us. This was cool. Well, like it was a, it was an image of him with the WWE Championship next to AJ's wife and child, who were looking at Joe adoringly. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I got a kick out of that. Yeah, but everything else was. It's. It just. It. This was a real feud to me, because you brought in the family. Joe's performances have been amazing. I like the the flying off the handle character of AJ and all this just just said nah, it's it's a fake thing remember well yeah I mean as I said to you like and I've, I've said on the show from SummerSlam the only things I've really seen is the Joe and AJ match and I saw the triple threats um, between Becky Charlotte and Carmella those are the only two things I've actually seen from the show and AJ Joe and I was like this is really cool and it was AJ flying off the handle and it was really intense and I was like man this is stepping up another gear mm. this is like we're just Downshifting, which need to take take this back to second because we're not quite ready to get back up to fifth yet. Which means that now we're building up to a match. It's it's this Sunday, but it doesn't feel like it's this Sunday. Yeah, surprise, surprise. When Joe and AJ tell this story through wrestling, it's exceptional. When it's left to WWE promos and skits, it's damaging. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Smackdown kicked off with Jeff Hardy coming out to the ring dressed in uh, face paint stuff with his third eye or his fifth his eye. His fifth eyes, man. Come yeah, on. his fifth eye. And he... This is another example of Jeff going, or, or a, a WWE person going, I have gone off the handle. I'm a now, I'm now like a crazed character. Like, well, you know, <laughs> I've seen crazed Jeff Hardy. Yeah. He did a swanton bomb off a little thing through a table. That's, that's mild Jeff Hardy. That's Tuesday Jeff Hardy for me. He's so wacky. He's so crazy. He's so out of control. He wished everyone would enjoy the show. Whoa, what? he's unstoppable. All my neurons are firing. <laughs> So yeah, he's 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 getting over. Well, he's saying all this stuff that's really rings hollow to us who have been paying attention to to the, the last couple of weeks. And he says, "I'm gonna face Randy Orton at this this Sunday, and I'll make the vade, the Viper fade away and classify him as obsolete." Which yep. got a slight sing along. A slight, very slight. Uh, the crowd were pretty dead, and I, and you know Jeff isn't. Jeff has a unique style of promo. It's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And sort of like anecdotally there, didn't seem to be the entire crowd's cup of tea either. But I w- yeah, I would certainly say so, but I'm still a mark for Jeff Hardy. So I every time he comes out, I'm like, sweet Hardy's here. Well, no one's ever said... I, I, I have got this like 1999-2000 love for Jeff Hardy that apparently will just never die. Well, 
and, and it shouldn't either because no one's going, wow, that classic Jeff Hardy promo <laughs> that I remember from my youth. No. They're all good because he's, he, he got over for his wrestling yeah. and being an enigma. He's a charismatic enigma. What takes away an enigmatic presence? Talking like a goofball. <laughs> and that's what happened here. I, I don't know if you heard it, on my feed at least, I could hear a kid talking through all of that's how crowd the quiet the, the how how crowd the quiet was how quiet the crowd was yeah yeah there was there must have been a kid sitting near a mic just talking <laughs> into the mic yeah. uh, so he has a match against Shinsuke Nakamura yep which I enjoyed oh well I thought I didn't think there was much to the match it was very standard um, Hardy Nakamura action felt a bit sort of like you know second on a house show vibe to it nothing terrible about it it's not like it was poorly yeah, yeah. worked or anything like that it was just it it was there my, i mean my only sort of real you know and at the end of it, it was a dq randy comes out of nowhere and, and crushes jeff and then he hits him with a chair and jeff fights back and stands tall and um, nakamura just you know thanos into nowhere but my overall i, I was like yeah you could tell that wwe clearly had no plans for nakamura once he won the belt because why isn't this a three-way feud? Remember when this first started and we were like, this is going to be a, an amazing three-way feud between Nakamura, Hardy and Orton over the United States Championship. That's something a bit different. The three of them fighting and you can do different variations of the matches. That's going to be really cool. Nakamura hasn't factored into it at all. <laughs> he's just He's been the third wheel to this. And I know a few people say the third wheels are good because it makes a trike. But the whole, it's, that's not the point. But I, I think he's the fifth wheel. He's the fifth wheel. He's the fifth eye. Yeah. He's the fifth eye he's in the, the scenario. Fifth wheel. But he's, it, it hasn't really worked. And why, isn't that, why doesn't Nakamura have a feud? Why doesn't he have a match this coming Sunday? Why isn't the belt being defended? Why is there no one on SmackDown who's like, I want to be United States champion, apart from our truth and he's now distracted by something else? Yeah. Not the, not the longest attention span, our truth <laughs> no. nor Carmella who wants losing her title belt. Maybe that's why they're a good act together. Yeah. She's no longer interested in it. I, uh, yeah, I totally agree about all the Nakamura stuff. It's just crazy that Nakamura plus the United States title hasn't got him a storyline or a match at Hell in a Cell. Nothing. Uh, and, you know, I d I'm not saying I want more matches on dual-branded pay-per-views. I just want the best guys to be booked with titles in, in meaningful feuds. Well, here's the thing I would say about WWE. They have got... A large roster of wrestlers at the moment. A large roster of wrestlers that you can kind of like trade in and out. You can do things. You can do this. But what they've done is they've announced for Super Showdown the same matches we're going to have at Hell in a Cell and we're going to have at SmackDown 1000. And none of them involve Nakamura. Like, switch people around. Put them in different things. One of the benefits of NXT shows, with the exception of Ciampa and Gargano, They've always had a different lineup. It's always been different people going for the titles. That's why they always feel fresh. Yeah. It's different people trying to beat Velveteen Dream. It's always these like different fuse and setups. Whereas here, it's like it's the same match over and over and over again ad finitum until you've reached the end of it, and then you're like, cool. Now we'll just do the same matches again, but for the next three months. Yeah, totally. Uh, but I did enjoy the the end part where because it protects. I, I thought Nakamura was going to lose. Jeff gets the upper hand, twist of fate, goes up for the Swanton Bomb, going to hit the Swanton Bomb. I'm like, oh, Jeff's got the pay-per-view match this Sunday. He's going to beat Nakamura. Oh, I don't like that. But Randy Orton pushes him off the top rope and beats him down with a chair a bit. Uh, but then Jeff comes back and, you know, hits Orton with stuff of his own, hits the Swanton Bomb, sends him packing. I liked it. I, I thought it made me excited for Randy Jeff. Nakamura was protected. 
And yeah, this was like a half hour segment in total. Yeah, in total, yeah. yeah. It went long, it went through two commercial breaks. Mm. So I, I thought this was okay. But based, it sucks that Nakamura hasn't got stuff. Yeah. And Jeff shouldn't really be cutting promos. <laughs> but other than that, I, this was all good. Fine. Um, Ms. and Maurice had an interview backstage next, promoting. With the new interviewee? Interviewer. Interviewer, yes. Sorry, I don't yeah. apologize. Isn't she the ring she, announcer from for NXT? NXT? That's who I thought it was. Mm. Kayla, I think her name is. Kayla Braxton. Oh, that sounds familiar. I don't know. It just, it just, just came out of my head. I don't know. I've never seen her before. <laughs> yeah, I think it's her. I've got like a, a random WWE name generator <laughs> Braxton, McGillicuddy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's interviewing Maurice, uh, promoting the main event of Maurice and Brie Bella. It will be her first singles match in seven years. Mm. Wow. Cool. You know, that's, uh, that shows what a great wrestler she is. Well, it's a, she had a great line here where she did say that uh, it took Brian three years to return to the ring, but it only took me five months after giving birth. That yeah. was a good line. That is badass. Yeah, and Miz said that Brie had to return to fight Brian's battles. Mm. Good stuff. Good, stuff. good heel work by Miz and Maurice. Surprise, surprise. Miz yeah. and Maurice are a great act. Yeah. Uh, then we got the AJ Styles Empty Arena promo. Then we got a recap of Charlotte and Becky's split-screen interview thing last week. And Charlotte does an interview backstage that she wants uh, competition. Even though she's got a match against Becky this Sunday, she wants competition now. And... Yeah, they're trying to position... They're still trying to go for Charlotte as a babyface. I've seen a few people theorise they're going to do a double turn at um, Hell in a Cell, which isn't out of the realms of possibility. I think that would work very well. It's, it's the one feud where you could definitely do it at the moment. Yeah, and uh, that's why she's going to face Sonya Deville now. So Sonya and Charlotte, I thought, have a, they, they work really well together. Yeah, and Charlotte wrestled in a T-shirt, oddly. It was a Connor's Cure T-shirt. Is that what it was? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, because... Heel or face, you're gonna put over the charity, which is you know, it's fine. But yep. you you want to start using this as angles. Sonia should rip off the shirt, tear it. Well, they they sell it online, heat. don't they? That's the whole thing. It's an auction thing. Mm. But I thought you wore it as like an auction thing. You wore it down to the ring, and then you take it off, and that's the auction. No, no, no. You want that sweat. <laughs> you want to smell it afterwards. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that is gonna get a a certain type of fan. <laughs> Is going to spend more on a used Charlotte shirt, yeah, than just, than just a regular Charlotte yeah, shirt. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, it was a couple of nice spots here where Charlotte did the moonsault and Deville got the knees up, and then she locked in a really good-looking triangle actually. Mm. And Charlotte power bombed her. Like her, I think she was meant to power bomb her back into the ropes and then spin it round, but she was out of position and just power bombed her neck first into the ropes. Yeah, like the second <laughs> rope as well. Yeah, God, it, it looked like weird. it sucked. <laughs> and then and she then hit a normal power bomb, and then she nearly fell over trying to put on the figure eight. So. I, I called it an average match in the review. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. fine. Uh, and uh, but I love this. Oh well, this this was my favorite thing on the show yeah, by leaps yeah. and bounds. This was my favorite thing on the show. Uh, so Charlotte gets out of the ring. She's celebrating with people, and I'm like, okay, come on, where's the Becky running now? And she's you know she's posing with a few people. I'm like, where's it gonna come from? And she stops and takes a selfie with some some. Like girls in the crowd, and I was like, "Where's it going to happen?" And then Chris Jericho grabs her hair, and he's wearing a lucha mask. Pentagon Junior? No, yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was actually Chris Jericho dressed as Becky Lynch, dressed as a brunette woman with glasses on. It was a very good disguise. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I didn't recognise her. I genuinely popped. I was like, "Oh my god, it's Becky Lynch!" I yeah. thought this was wicked. Uh, that's that's how good an actor she is. Absolutely, she can act her face differently. Yeah, they, um, on our Discord, someone has shared a GIF mm. of their friend at the show, 
And you know when Charlotte's walking around ringside and she's high-fiving you, he completely ghosts her. Like, he's not even looking at her. He's, like, looking past her. Aww. He didn't even... I, I don't think he realised she was walking up to him. He was distracted by something else. She's, like, high-fiving all these fans, and he's just there going, just looking at something else. It's quite funny, really. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But this is because we are, you know, we're one with the SWAT nation. We share stuff. I had a weird dream about Charlotte last night. Uh oh! This sounds like a safe for the podcast, but we're doing yeah. the main show. This is this is hot off the back of the the dream where Paige was my girlfriend. <laughs> nothing, nothing sexy. These are nothing sexy. <laughs> these dreams. They were just like we're just hanging out, and we're in a relationship. It's weird. <laughs> and uh, this one, like. Me and Charlotte were somewhere with other people, and then we walked down the road to get some crisps or something <laughs> from a shop. And she just, we were talking, and she just held my hand. Oh, And that nice. was it. And now, like, I don't know, I just feel like I like Charlotte a bit more. You know, you, you can't shake the dream. Mm-hmm. And, and when you see those, yeah. Were any of the crisps gonna be good? Woo. <laughs> that would have... Uh... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's the, the second SmackDown female wrestler <laughs> who I've dreamed about being in a relationship in a in a platonic way. Mm. Nothing, no, no, no naughtiness here. Fair enough, mate. There you go. You, you do you. Um, but I so this angle, Becky jumps over, great surprise, gets her in the disarmor on the on the ramp. Charlotte's screaming, a really good selling of it, I thought. And then uh, they, then Becky just walks off. I thought. That was that was such a good angle that they should have kind of extended that out a while. I think that should have been one of the bits where Becky goes up to leave, then comes back down, puts it in again. Yep. People are trying to pull her off. She looks, this is a crazy, badass Becky again. Yeah, I could have definitely gone for that, yeah. But, and she did walk backstage and she said that she was going to break uh, Charlotte's arm once she mm. takes the title. Yeah. Which I like that as well, because that's not like I'm going to break her arm and then take the title. It's like, no, I'm going to win the belt and then break her arm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, then we got the Night Night AJ uh, bedtime story mm-hmm. for that feud. <laughs> then we got Rusev Day versus The Bar. Fun match. Yeah, it was a fun little match. There was a really... <laughs> so they had this thing, because the New Day... And you could tell they were going to be doing commentary later on because there was this massive tarpaulin over another commentary desk. and um, Or a sheet, I should say. And so the New Day are out there on their pancake commentary table. Someone did send me a tweet saying, like, how many pancakes are wasted? Like, just setting up that table. No, they're all eaten. <laughs> By Big E. Shoot love pancakes. So there's all, like, so they're out there. And then Kofi Kingston cuts back, like, he throws it to backstage area where they're going to have an interviewer do something with the bar. But it's Kofi Kingston dressed up like an interviewer doing, essentially doing the, um, ah, his name's escapes me now. It's Eddie Murphy's favorite comedian. It's, uh, Richard Pryor. It's Richard Pryor doing an impression of a white guy. Yeah. Uh, and it's what they did at Raw 1000. No, yeah. no, Raw 25, wasn't it? Yeah, they do it a lot yeah. whenever they do that voice. They do the Richard Pryor voice. And it's him doing... And he's doing this sort of like David Attenborough-style thing where he's watching the bar in their natural habitat and then he throws back to the commentary table and they're like, well, that was a great report. And yeah, I'm like, where Kofi Kingston sat. I was yeah. like, we, we wasted TV time on this. No, I mean, it was, was it was fun. It was fun, but at the same time... We weren't building to them versus the bar. I, I, I just thought it was. I thought it was, <laughs> it was fun. It was wacky fun. I think Xavier Woods or like one of them was like, "This will be funny. Should we do it? Yeah. Can we do it? Okay, we can do it. The cool. Well, one of the things I like about the New Day is they don't feel like they're written by WWE. Mm. They feel like they're written by themselves, no, and that's why it works. 
And that's why they're genuinely good at what they do. And like Big E, this whole match, is mixing batter. He's like just pouring stuff in and making up this, this gross looking batter. And you got Corey Graves of Coventry going like, it smells so bad over there. <laughs> like, it's really funny. It's really good stuff. So I'm worried there's a hypocrisy here because, you know, I just said the Samoa Joe thing with the bedtime story makes it feel fake. And that was a real thing. And here I am. This is clearly fake. Praising the, a very fake thing because Kofi is in these two places at the same time. I would argue it... It depends on the character. New day, it's a case by case basis. New Day are comedy characters. Yeah. yeah. So it works for them. Um, but yeah, this was a good match. Uh, the bar, uh, Rusev Day got a huge chance. Yeah. With Aiden English doing his, I thought he looked awesome. There was a really funny line intro. where Corey Graves called them prestige worldwide, <laughs> which is really good. Uh, there was the match got started in commercial break and. Yep. Key English to this has worked over a lot. Key to this match, there was the finish mm. when uh, Sheamus was set up to do the bro kick, and Aiden English pushed Rusev out of the way so he could take the bro kick, and that allowed Rusev to hit the match kick and get the win. So Rusev day one. They're now going on to go for the tag team titles at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, the great stuff because this is all about Aiden English trying to like redeem himself in the eyes of Rusev, mm. and it's. It's worked to the point now where they've got a tag team title show, which is going to make Rusev's betrayal of Aiden English all the more dastardly, no! which is likely going to happen at Hell in a Cell at this point. No. Oh, totally. Not remember t- Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. This is the exact same time they did that when he took the ladder shot. No, we need we need a longer period of time. Mm. No, don't do that to me. <laughs> I love Rusev Day together at the moment. That's such a Lana looks so happy. I, I like them as a trio as well. Uh, but this was good, and it was a good finish. And I Great finish. You know, we, we were talking about how good the Bar versus New Day were, would be last week, and we thought heel versus face dynamic would dictate that. But yeah, Rusev Day, face versus face works as well. So this 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 will be a good match, hopefully, yeah. if it gets time. And the Lade Cian Almas beat our... Oh, excuse me. Beat our truth next. Yep, Carmella is a babyface now. Mm. She has been 100% gendered into this role. Um, yeah. It's a great verb. <laughs> She's been... totally gendered here. Yeah, uh, and it it was a very short match. Um, very... Mahold over. Mahold over. <laughs> nice. Over Mahold? Yeah, over, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and over Mahold. And um, so Zelina Vega tried to sort of get in and do her tranquilo pose, but... Um, Carmella pulled her out because she's a babyface now, but that distracted Truth and it allowed Almas to roll him up. And you can tell that Carmella is now a babyface because Corey Graves doesn't like her. Mm. So she is now 100% a babyface here. And we were talking about we were possibly going to record our Helena Cell predictions for this Sunday. And I was like, well, let's wait because I guarantee you this is going to be added as a pre show match um, for Helena Cell, a um, mixed tag match. Almas and Vega. The pre-show act. Oh, absolutely. The moment point. they are, yeah. Because Vince McMahon's very impressed with him, by all accounts. Yeah. So let's package him with his, his non-wrestling manager. Mixed usually. tag matches. Yeah. Uh, so I, there was a really good spot in this match where Almas did this, like, handstand flip double he did, knee. He did a handspring backflip kick. It was yeah. really cool. Like Kota Ibushi's backflip kick. But he did, like, a handspring into it. It was very cool. Yeah. Almas is great. Yeah, he really um, is. And, you know, we were saying, like, our truth is, is very good as well. Uh, it's, it's a shame that you need the ladies to accompany it. I, th- I thought this was a, a, this would be a solid feud to get Almas over. Truth loses nothing in a singles feud. But mm-hmm. 
it dilutes it with with having these extra layers to hey, it. Maybe Ma- can, mainly Carmella. Maybe we can build to the big show at SmackDown 1000. That's when you do the singles match. Yeah. Oh, I thought not the big show. <laughs> not the big show, no. He's too busy putting over all the kids. And uh, then we got okay. Oh, okay, right. Well, let's talk about this then. Now, I I was sitting outside when you were recording your SmackDown review, and I heard you get angry. Now, I'm I'm at the point where I'm... It, so it's Asuka and Naomi's backstage interview. This is off the back of last week, where after a few weeks of losing to Peyton Royce and Billy Kay... Naomi won. Naomi won in a, like a 90-second match. Didn't really prove anything. Then she's getting beaten down by the Iconics afterwards. And who should run down for the save but someone who's really never had any association with Naomi before... It's Asuka. It was not the return of Tamina that we all thought it might be. That we all hoped for. <laughs> and yeah, so it's like, okay, that's that's quite thrown together. Yep, we need we needed a match for Super... Well, we needed a match for the Iconics at Super Showdown because it's in Australia. Yeah, uh, so, so Asuka and Naomi are friends now. And, and this was the backstage interview to, to, to explain that and... What what went what went down? So essentially, oh, here's a funny thing. Asker's not from America, and that's funny. Is now Asker's character. Mm. So she, Kayla asks her a question. Asker's about to answer it, and then Naomi walks in and asks the same question. And then Asker says the reason why she helped Naomi last week is because the Iconics are mean, and Asker doesn't understand their accents. So that's part one of it. And then Naomi and then Naomi says, Ah, oh, you can feel the glow. And Asuka says, Oh go, okay, I'll go. Because she's not from America, you see, therefore she doesn't understand English. That's funny. And then so Naomi's like, No, 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 glow, it's written on my chat. And she's like, Oh, then she starts speaking in Japanese. And but Naomi doesn't speak Japanese, so that's also funny. And she thought she said it she said teriyaki. And she likes teriyaki. So she's like, let's go get some food. And Asuka's like, yeah, I like food. And then they left. And it was f***ing rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Luke caught me aware, like, non-aware with that. Yeah. Uh, you didn't like it that much. Oh, I thought it was so. It made Asuka so lame. Like as I said in the reviews, like she's gone from the undefeated Empress of Tomorrow, the longest reigning NXT Women's Champion, to the winner of the Royal Rumble, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, to this like almost main event level WrestleMania match, this big WrestleMania attraction. To now she's doing skits about the fact that she's Japanese and therefore don't speak English good. Mm. Like it's really, really awful. Uh, we met some really lovely chaps over the weekend. What was their podcast called Five Moves of Five Doom? Five Moves of Doom. And uh, one of one of them had only gotten in to wrestling at WrestleMania 34, hmm. and it, he was like, "Yeah, I just fell in love with Nakamura and Daska." And I was like, "You like Japanese culture by any chance?" <laughs> and he st- and then I looked at him. I was like, "That's why your hair's that color. Yeah. It's got green on one side and and sort of that pink color on top." Like Asuka's hair, I would. I wonder how long that's going to last if well, this continues. So I, 
when Asuka was in NXT, I bought an Asuka T-shirt. It was from the when she won the NXT Championship for a uh, women's championship from Bailey at that WrestleMania weekend match there because it was awesome. And I was just so into Asuka at the time. I was like, man, I, I want to have an Asuka T-shirt. So I bought an Asuka T-shirt. It's gotten to the point now where I'd be, I'd be embarrassed to wear that T-shirt because mm. she is so lame. Like this is the lamest thing. It may. I, I, oh man, I, I didn't like it at all. No. Uh, so, of, of course, just to point out, we Asuka is one of the best workers in the company, yeah, uh, male or female. Absolutely. It, this is all how she's been booked. Yes. Uh, I So I've written here, uh, Asuka is awesomely kawaii here. <laughs> she is a bit kawaii, yeah. And it did get a few sniggers from the crowd. Because that's what you want well, from a badass. That's it. Like I, that, I didn't think this was terrible, as a, like an isolated segment, but for her character, it is it is not what I want to see. It it's really like why would you do that to someone you've built up this strong? This I mean, Triple H just must be the, crying himself to sleep over the last few weeks. <laughs> and most interestingly, I think my lady partner doesn't like wrestling, so I often use her as a sounding board to oh, what do you think of this idea? Do you like this person? What do you think of the presentation here? And she'll give me, like, someone who's not in my bubble's opinion. And one of the breakthrough characters is Asuka. She loves Asuka. She will sit down and watch her entrance, won't really pay attention for the match, and then come back for the finish, like a lot of fans. <laughs> and the, I told her about this this morning. I just, I just described the segment, and I tried to make my face as disgust-free as possible. And she went... No, but that's not Asuka. Asuka's meant to kick ass. Right. And I went, yeah, okay. Yeah. That was pro- That is a problem then. It is so problematic. And I, I said this in the review as well, but like Asuka was such an open goal for SmackDown Live, particularly because she's not on the same brand as Ronda Rousey. So you could almost do mm. this thing of like you can build Asuka up to be this sort of, un- the un- not you don't have to do the undefeated thing, but this like ultimate badass, this ass kicker, this really cool character, to then perhaps build to a potential dream match between Ronda Rousey and Asuka and, oh, I don't know, make some money and like <laughs> s- sell some network subscriptions off the back of it. Like that's that's an open goal, right? And But no, at this point now, she's she don't speak English and that's hilarious. Yeah. And, and it's they really do and like we, we talk about the underlying misogyny to the WWE writing team there's definitely an underlying like xenophobia as well, well here 100% because yeah every, it's like the, the track record is too <laughs> too concrete yeah. Nakamura had the exact same thing earlier this year but they he made that part of his character like I don't speak English yes even though he was clearly speaking English that sort of worked this here, though, this was... But, but last year... Last with, year, yes. With gender. Oh, yes! Oh, I forgot about the gender thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This was bad. Okay. I thought this was very bad. Thankfully, what was not as bad as, as I we thought, thought it, it would, would be, be. <laughs> uh, was Brie Bella versus Maurice in the main event because oh, no. there was a lot of smoke and mirrors. Oh, in yeah. Fact, they probably only exchanged under 10 wrestling moves. This was more angle than match. Yeah, and yeah. that's it's exactly, what it, that's exactly what it should have been. And I thought this was actually a really fun way to close out the show. So mm. it was Brie Hole versus Maurice falling into that Brie Hole. But it was all about like Maurice just kept bailing out of the ring and then she'd get back in the ring and then exit again. And then Mrs. Carl Promo was just like, 
this is this is silly. I'm not fighting you now. What would be the point? Because Brie was like, you're cowards. You're a coward. It's like, we're not cowards. Yeah. So, and, and then yeah. they walk off like cowards. Like cowards, yeah. <laughs> so good. And apparently, Maurice is one of the longest reigning women's champions in WWE history. That is stunning. That is a stunning fact. So they, they say this on commentary. And I was like, no, that can't be true. <laughs> and as if Corey Graves reads my mind, he says... And that's true. (laughs) (laughs) They they all know how insane that is. That's a fact. Yeah, that's like a Brock Lesnar title reign where that is not defended often. Why aren't we then saying that Maurice is one of like the trailblazers of the women's division like we're claiming that Alicia Fox is? She soon will be. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, So that, yeah, this was... uh, Brie runs after them as they, they walk away, drags Maurice in the ring. They go about 30 seconds before Brie gets her in the yes lock. Miz just throws her out of the <laughs> ring yep. to break it up. Uh, Brie goes flying. And, of course, that means Brie wins by DQ. And then they start to brawl. Uh, Brian accidentally knocks. So this was... A, I enjoyed the brawl. And that they're having the brawl and it ends with... Uh, th- th- there's a bit where Brie and Brian are sort of on the down but mm. they come back and, and they send Miz and Maurice packing at yeah. the end but there's a moment in this where Brian accidentally knocks Brie off the apron and well, no, she's, comes... on the, she's on the floor and um, Miz throws him over the rope right. and he lands into Brie right and, and Brie's down and Brian's checking on her I thought oh wow that's an intriguing go home angle but then she she's up about a minute later she's like fine. nothing's happened which is a shame because you, you could you could you could say, like, oh, my God, I'm, I am I've brought my wife back into this to help fight the battles, and I've I've just knocked her out as a result. Yeah. Like, that, that would have been a really solid go-home angle, uh, and it kind of gives you that, oh, what's going to happen? Will she be okay? There's a weakness to play around. Brian's now the underdog against Miz and Maurice. Like, he'll, have to, he'll have to have one eye on the opponents and another eye looking out for his wife. But, yeah, they just... Uh, they, they didn't seem to know what they had there. Yeah, it was it was a bit of an odd moment. But I, I overall, I thought this was a, a fun yeah, little yeah. go-home angle for, for the match. And this, you know, we talked about this last week. It's an artificial extender to the feud because Brian is facing Miz at Super Showdown and at Raw, one, at Raw 1000, SmackDown 1000. So this is just a way to keep the feud, like, you know, keep that plate spinning but not have the same match over and over again. Um, I did think, though, this probably does mean that we're getting Brie and Marisa Evolution, right? Yeah, it wasn't on that leaked running order. Well, I don't believe that. I think that leaked running order has already been proven to be fake, hasn't it? It hasn't been proven to be fake. It's been speculated to be fake. Oh, I mean, it looks well fake. Yeah, here's conveniently the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we did say it was a big... We did clarify that it is a rumour in the news mm-hmm. earlier today. But uh, I... Oh, man, just... I've fallen into a brie hole <laughs> where I thought this was okay. You know, we're getting this mixed tag match that I really don't care for at Hell in a Cell because this was kind of a fun go-home angle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just... If you're like, oh, don't, don't be... Well, this is fun. This is good. This is a nice next chapter in in the feud. Imagine if Brian and Miz were going for the number one contendership. Well, they are a super showdown. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> Do you want some humble pie? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, that's, about that. that's the Super Showdown one. It's for that's the number why one that potential. popped into my head. I was going to say. I've already read that that's <laughs> happening. Okay, well, you gave it a three out of five. I thought it was a three out of five. I thought that there was nothing 
overtly horrible on the show apart from the Asuka thing but there was also nothing particularly great on the show apart from the Becky moment mm. so the show was very much just in the middle the whole way through it was a better go home show than Raw was but that's not saying a lot yeah I, I would also give it a smack bang in the middle and a smack bang in the middle for a normal Smackdown knowing that it's also a go home show probably give it a low smack bang in the middle <sighs> the same rating <laughs> just gone from 3 to like 2.75 2. or 2.5 I hope you weren't too upset about my swearing uh, in the uh, it, it just I, I couldn't help myself caught me by surprise I, it's going to be entertaining to watch that footage back <laughs> because I do a a goat at the end of Aquaman double take what <laughs> and then we both start laughing yeah uh just just uh, just in case you've forgotten Prince Charles <laughs> Tuesday thirteenth of November. November, yeah. You've got plenty of time to buy you've got plenty yeah. of time to buy tickets, yeah. This is a two month build and we're not gonna build to anything else. Note how we waited till the first thing, the MediaCon, had finished. Now we're building to the next pay-per-view. Take note. WWE. I was going to say, take note, Vince. Um, but yeah, so we also teased this on uh, yesterday's episode. <laughs> the um, a, a couple of the more stories from Wrestling MediaCon, in particular, when we went to go film something with Impact Young's Sue Young. Impact Young. What I, Impact Wrestling Sue Young. I, di- I did think to myself, I was like, I think I've said Young twice there. <laughs> uh, Impact Wrestling Sue Young. Mm. So... This was this was Laurie's idea. We were trying to come up with some bespoke content for each wrestler we could get. And we, we knew we could do something with Sue Young. Actually, I'll tell this first. So I go downstairs to get Sue Young for this because she'd already, like, we'd already agreed 4.30. And she was in a full bride gimmick. She was doing signings and stuff. And Did she do the signing in character? Because I didn't actually see that point. Yeah, yeah, she was, yeah. I don't know if she was talking to people. But anyway, so Rich Swan before this, has just been running around. He, you know, there's the clip of him running over to us. Uh, he was, there's a clip of him with the live band yeah. doing Triple H's entrance. He was running around with a guitar singing songs with everybody. He was, he was so, he, he, you couldn't stop him. He was a Duracell bunny. Yes. He just he kept was going. Very excited. And I, and I get down there and... Rich and Sue Young are sitting next to each other, and Sue Young's there, like, you know, very graceful. And Rich couldn't look more bored. <laughs> he is just there, his head is on on the table, his face is smushed into his hand, like, I don't want to be here, signing. You, I want to be doing fun stuff. You described him as a twelve, uh, an eight-year-old kid who's just been told to do something he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Sit down quietly for a bit. Okay, oh, okay. we don't want to. Though. And, uh, and know, if you sit down there for long enough, then you can go and have more fun. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, I think the, the the sort of team who were organising the signings had, it would taken them a while to get Rich to sit down and do the signings. And I come over, I'm like, hey, Sue, it's it, it would be great to get you upstairs now to do that thing we were talking about. And she's like, okay, cool, yeah. And she stands up. And Rich just perks up, sits up, bulk upright, like he's just woken up. I'm going, what thing? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're just going to record this like makeup thing. Actually, Rich, do you want to do something? And he went, yeah. And I said, like a, like a sing-along thing, because you were playing the guitar already. He was like, yeah, I do. And before I didn't even finish the sentence. He already had the guitar, and he was running out from behind the table to join us. And the lady who was organizing the whole area goes, no, Rich, we need you to do sign-up. He goes, oh, I'm already gone. <laughs> nope. <laughs> 
<laughs> just run off. And then, like, we were upstairs in this cantina, by the way, we were talking about yesterday. And he, I, it was very happy Rich Swan again yeah. because he wasn't there doing signings. He was doing something that, hey, I get to do whatever I want to do. I get I'm, to I'm fun. sure he loves signings. I'm sure he does as well, yeah. The sitting down part that he's probably got an issue with. And he just wanted to talk about the songs we were going to sing along. But anyway, so yeah, the, the oh, Sue yeah. Young thing. So Laurie had this idea <laughs> that we could do a makeup tutorial with Sue Young where she like sort of applies the makeup. And then she turned to us and said, like, I could miss you at the end. And Laurie went, you could what now? And I, was, and I went, like, miss you. I was like, like Sajira used to do. And he was like, okay, yeah, okay. That sounds like it could be fun. She was like, yeah, it, it will be fun. <laughs> And she was like, but don't worry, though. It comes off. Yeah. Like, it's fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's gimmick. Sure. <laughs> we are convinced this was a rib. So we filmed this. And, like, Sue like, sort of applies, like, a base layer to him straight away. You can watch the video. You can watch the it's video of it, yeah. And then she, like, gets fully into character. And she starts sort of smearing it across. And then, yeah, and then she mists him. And it's really funny. It's a good mist. Mm. Like, she does a really good misting. And he goes down, and we sort of sell it and everything like that. The video came out really, really well. It's really funny. I uh, was immediately on hand with a like roll of blue towels and some D12. That mist went so far. It went over the other end of the bar and on the floor behind that. She did and well. Was, yeah, we, me and Sue Young were right... Uh, She's a pro. She knows this mist is going to go everywhere. She was down there with me squirting and cleaning it up right away. Yeah, it was really funny. But then, so Laurie's there. He's got makeup on his face, but he's also got this red mist on his face as well. And um, my favorite moment of this, though, was when Sue was just like, oh, just use my, use my dress to wipe your face. Because yeah. her, her dress is already covered in, like, dried blood and things, like, or dried mist and stuff. So he was like, and I said to her, I was like, your face print is now going to be on every episode of Impact going forward when yeah. she does new tapings. It's a shame that it isn't, it doesn't just look, look like, like Laurie's, Laurie's face. With a, with like that red. bit in Forrest Gump, like, when he touched yeah, down his face yeah. and it's the smiley one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so Sue, to, uh, like, I think helps him out with some proper makeup remover and then just like oh and then just watch wash the rest off in the toilet so Fakador does that and he comes and meets us and he has a red face he has not quite washed it off he's just pushed it round yeah <laughs> and so it's, it's now gone further across his sorry about that it's now it's now gone further around his face and he's a red-headed gentleman anyway mm -hmm. so that big bushy red beard popped <laughs> And it only made his red face appear redder, and his hands were red. And I would say, I would describe Laurie's resting face as mildly annoyed. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, not that he is mildly annoyed, that's just the way his face looks. <laughs> so to, to, for it to be bright red at the same time made it, oh, uh, it was so funny. Our boss could not stop laughing. Yeah. He... At any opportunity he could get, he was making fun of it. He was like, "Have you just run somewhere?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> you look a little bit flush, mate. You're yeah. all right. Are you, are you uh, sorry, Laurie? Are, are you angry about something? <laughs> Particularly in the bar later on, because oh. because uh, he came down. He was wearing a Sue Young T-shirt. This is Laurie. He came down wearing his Sue Young T-shirt because Sue felt so bad for him that she thought he might have, that she might have wrecked one of his T-shirts and his jeans. That she gave him some free merchandise. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a point during the filming where I was like, this is really funny. And there was a part of me that thought, oh, I wish I'd have done that because I think it had been really funny to do. But afterwards, seeing how red Laurie's face was and how difficult it was for him to get off, because it wasn't all the way off on Sunday after he'd had a shower. No, two showers. Two showers that I was like, 
Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't me, actually. I'm yeah. glad that I was going to film something with Sammy Callahan that unfortunately didn't come to pass. Yeah. Well, I got a... Me and my lady partner were looking at... Well, she she was looking at that photo of Wander Ollie near the... With Jushin Thunder Liger. It's my favourite photo ever. Yeah, and she was... She said, you know, you can sit... Because I haven't gone to the gym for two and a half months. Mm-hmm. I've, I, was, I was a bit of a fitness guy, but now I just... Yeah, ever since Italy and pizza, mm-hmm. just I've kind of lost interest. Yeah. Uh, trying to get back on it but so, so I've, I've withered away somewhat however this completely coincidentally we did a workout video with moose where moose does like m- makes me do essentially i guess around 50 reps of shoulder presses bench presses and bicep curls an hour before we did the dance i am convinced that gave my arms a pump and it, they look okay yeah, they look all right they mate. look okay yeah but i think your, arm, your arms look all right anyway and my arms are my best part apparently <laughs> is that what it is my hairy arms <laughs> I, well, when i was talking to dave so many names dropped they said well, just indulge us because yeah. we met all of our favorite wrestlers over the weekend uh david star was i t- t- talked to him i got an intro with him and i said to him just weirdly at the end i didn't really know what to say to him and i was still kind of high from the performance i said I'm a hairy man too. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looked at me and he went, "Yeah." And I and I went, Do you, uh, "And that's why I like you because it's like uh, I can empathize." <laughs> and I thought the second part of the sentence would, would help oh, explain yeah. the first, but I think it made it worse. Rusev, hey. I um yeah. I, I I also had a bit of a run-in with David Starr when I was like, "Oh man, I'm a big fan of yours and I was like I really enjoyed your match yesterday I was, unfortunately I didn't get to see any of your works today but like I hope you enjoyed the show and he was like oh thanks very much man I was like yeah no you literally are my favourite wrestler's favourite wrestler just thinking like you know hey I know one of your catchphrases yeah. and then he went who's your favourite wrestler and I was like my, instantly mind went blank could not think of a wrestling name and I was like oh Raven like Raven is the answer Raven <laughs> is the answer you said Raven and no because I couldn't think oh. of anyone that's who I wanted to say but I went Walter which is true because okay. Walter is one of my favorite okay, wrestlers. And good. then he paused, and it's probably worked out well because he paused and went, "Yeah, I am his favorite wrestler." <laughs> very good. This is very good. Anyway, I'm sure there are plenty more <laughs> stories of us. Oh, don't say that because there are, because there'll be people who go like, "I'm so sick of hearing about media yeah. con." Read out some agony arts. Read yeah. out some poetry corners. We'll get to those on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Smoke Joe had a poetry corner submission this week. Yes. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, crap, crap poetry. <laughs> yeah. Make a new version of it. Uh, and just uh, before we get out of here, Tuesday the 13th of November, November, Prince Charles Cinema, Leicester Square, London. It's the place that hosts all those amazing screenings of The Room. We were actually going to do this screening in September, but unfortunately we're not bigger than The Room. And yeah, which is fair enough. And they were like... They're a draw. They said... that Exactly is. They set out all of those screenings. So actually... Let's be like the room. Let's see if we can be as popular as Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero, and we can sell out the room. Yeah, let's be better than the the sing along pitch perfect that I went to. Yeah, which was a generous eighty people upstairs. Oh, oh, I was about to say, did it sell out? Because upstairs, it cool? is, upstairs, it's like one hundred and fifty people, I think. Downstairs, yeah. it's 300. three hundred. Three isn't it? Three fifty. I thought it was three hundred. Oh God, we've got so many tickets to sell. <laughs> uh. Well, if I'm right, we've got less than you thought. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Cool. Take us home, Luke. <laughs> okay, well, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much for listening, as always. Check out the YouTube channel if you don't. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, all that sort of good stuff. Subscribe on the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating and review. Helps us boost up in the ratings. We're coming for your Pritchard, etc., etc. We'll be back on Saturday with the magazine show and the W. OS review, so please do keep an eye out for those. Until then, I'll see you later. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.